Hey folks, welcome to the House of Kraus. I'm Richard Kraus. Come on in, enjoy the air conditioning, luxuriate in it. I like to keep it so cold in here you can hang meat in here. Might be a little too chilly for you. I like it when it's 49 degrees outside. Anyway, couple of cool people to introduce you to. We'll meet Ali Hussain a little bit later on. He's a stand-up comics, got a great show called Muslim Interrupted. He's going to tell you all about. First up though, Rob Stewart. Not Rod Stewart, not Do You Think I'm Sexy, not Maggie Mae, none of that. We're going to talk sharks. We're going to talk sharks with Rob Stewart. He's an award-winning wildlife photographer. He's a filmmaker. He's a conservationist, and he's an educator. His movie, Sharkwater, was an international hit. Now he's back raising money to make another film called Sharkwater Extinction. He tells me that sharks are being hunted, not just for their fins anymore, but hunted and killed in unprecedented numbers. And somewhere in the course of your day, whether it was yesterday, last week, today, or maybe tomorrow, you will likely use something that you don't know contains a shark byproduct. They call it all kinds of different names, so even looking at the list of ingredients and food or whatever won't even give you a hint as to what it is. So let's catch up with Rob Stewart, and if you want to help him out and get shark water extinction made, go to kickstarter.com shark water extinction. Let's catch up with him right now and hear what he has to say. Interesting that shark matter, shark carcasses, shark fins pop up in a lot of products that we don't know. So I didn't, I wouldn't think that the hair gel that I use has shark in it, but it very well might. Is that what you're telling me? It very well might, yeah. When we made our first film, Shark Water, the whole issue was shark fin soup and the consumption yep. of this dish in Asia, and we were killing 100 million sharks a year. Now legislation has changed, shark finning is banned throughout most of the world, and you have to land shark bodies attached to their fins, but that created industries out of the bodies. And now people are processing shark bodies into all sorts of things. In North America and Europe, it's being renamed flake and rock salmon and whitefish. So we don't know we're eating shark. And shark livers are being processed into many of our high-end and big-name cosmetics. It's in lipstick and eyeliner and moisturizer. And is this the kind of thing, like, years ago... Uh, they used to say, like, you know, if you're eating tuna, chances are good you're eating, actually eating dolphin. Where do they just rename something to make it more palatable for, you know, the, the mass market? They do rename it, yeah, because e eating a shark is a radically different thing than eating a fish. You know, right. sharks predate the dinosaurs by 200 million years. They were here before there were trees. They can live to be 170 years old. They take, you know, sometimes 40 years to reach sexual maturity. They'll have a few pups where a fish will have 10,000 eggs. Right. You know, so it's a radically different thing eating a shark. And I think the, the general perception of the public, particularly now, <laughs> is maybe we shouldn't be eating, you know, the oldest, longest lasting, most important predator the planet has. When did you get in, in interested in sharks? I mean, I know when shark water came out, uh, I interviewed you a lot of times. You speak all over the world about sharks and their importance to our world. But when did it first occur to you that this was a, a, a big deal? Ooh, I, I've been swimming with sharks since I was a kid um, and had a fascination from a very young age. Sharks were like dragons and dinosaurs, but they were actually here and they were real. Um, and I became a wildlife photographer and a marine biologist when I was 18, 19, 20. And one of my first photo assignments as a photographer was to photograph hammerhead sharks in the Galapagos Islands, which should be the most protected place on the planet. Mm -hmm. And instead of sharks in this marine reserve, there was a fishing line that would stretch from Earth to outer space and hundreds of dead sharks. 
and and that just has stayed with you ever since. Yeah, I, yeah, I quickly realized, and, and the scientific community told me, and as we under, undertook this adventure to try to make a movie, that sharks were being decimated all over the world, and nobody cared because everyone was afraid of sharks. And championing the sharks was like championing the plague, you know? Right. And so as long as people had this fear, we weren't going <laughs> to fight for their protection. Is Jaws the worst thing that has ever happened to sharks? Jaws is one of the worst things that's ever happened to sharks. Because it's a good movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> but, it, but it came out at a time when we knew literally nothing about sharks. Yeah. You know, so when Jaws came out, it was the documentary. Okay, that's what sharks are like. They're mm -hmm. menacing predators of people. And so after that, people literally went out and tried to kill sharks to save humanity from this vicious beast. And that perception persists today. I grew up on a beach. And the summer that Jaws came out, uh, it was the, that summer was okay. The next summer, when we made our living off of tourists and you know all the people that would come in from all over the world and rent cabins, you could fire a cannon down that beach like nobody went in the ocean for a year or two afterwards. It really made a huge impact on people. Wow. Yeah, and the reality with sharks is radically different. Sharks are sophisticated, intelligent, often shy. We swim in the ocean every year eight plus billion times, and 60 people on average get bitten by sharks every year with and, five fatalities. And, and why, why do they come after humans at all on the, on the very rare occasion that they do? Because we dress up like shark food and go swimming in areas where they hunt, and we've wiped out 90% of the fish in the ocean, so if you're a shark and you're looking for food, you've got nothing to find. So, but sharks are not going to stalk us. There's a movie called The Shallows that uh, is open, playing in theaters right now. Blake Lively plays a young woman who is tormented by a giant great white shark. This shark uh, wants her. He wants the human tartar. He can't get enough of her uh, and stalks her. That will never happen in real life, right? That's fictional, yeah. When you look at the shark bites that do happen every year, it's very rare that flesh is removed. It's very rare that a shark eats somebody. Like right. the case of a shark eating a human being doesn't really exist exist in, in recent years. So that's a testament to the fact that sharks aren't interested in eating us. They've been eating things that live in the ocean for 400 million years, and when they bite and they get human, they realize that's not something that they They're want. They're like, mm. I don't yeah, like it. Yuck. It's like me with uh, Brussels sprouts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, there's a Kickstarter uh, crowdfunding campaign to get this film completed. Tell me about that. Where can people find it? And uh, what are some of the perks that are available to them? Yeah, our first movie took four years. And we're now killing 150 million sharks a year. So we don't have enough time to take four years to make this film. So we're doing a Kickstarter campaign to get it going. You can find that on our website, sharkwater.com, or search Kickstarter for Sharkwater. And... There's um, tickets to the movie premiere, there's dive trips with me, there's t-shirts, everything we can sell you to get you to fund our movie. And so people can donate 10 bucks or they can donate 10,000 and everything in between. 30,000, whatever you want, yeah. <laughs> 40,000 maybe would be better. It's only the future we're fighting for That's here, right, right, that's right. Now, how many sharks do you say are being killed every year? 150 million sharks. 150 million sharks are being killed every year. What percentage of the population of sharks is that in the world? It's a very good question. Scientists don't really know. We know shark populations have dropped more than 90%. Right. Um, and of those 150 million sharks a year, scientists only know where maybe 70 million of those are going. So the 80 million mystery is, is kind of what the movie's about, is finding these in our daily products and our daily lives. Have you ever felt threatened when you've been with a shark? Sometimes you've got to keep them at bay. Because yeah. they don't stop, and, and often they're massive, and they don't really have a fear of, of you in any way. So sometimes you've got to push them, and you've got to get out of the way. Really? And Yeah, and having a camera, a big, you know, 100-pound camera yeah. really helps, because you can push one with the camera and hold another one, like you're straight-arming <laughs> one in rugby or football. <laughs>
That's Rob Stewart. If you want to help him get his movie made, go to kickstarter.com sharkwater extinction and uh, you can donate money and there's all sorts of levels and and you can do the world some good and you know get your name in the credits of a movie ali hassan is a stand-up comic he's played at comedy festivals all over the world he's the host of laugh out loud on cbc radio and sirius xm uh you've seen him on the george strompolopoulos tonight show he was on that for 160 episodes so you had to see him there somewhere uh he's got one man shows that he does he's got one right now though that really caught my attention. It's called Muslim Interrupted. He'll be performing that show at uh, Just for Laughs in Montreal next week. Uh, check it out. It's a cool show. Um, you can find all the information that you need on Off JFL. Uh, you'll be able to find everything, tickets, where it is, all that kind of stuff there. I won't bore you with the details, but I'll allow Ali Hassan to tell you all about the show because I think once you hear him talk about it, you'll want to see it. Tell me about Muslim Interrupted. It is. Um, we live in a we live in a time where uh, you know the word Muslim raises uh, some eyebrows at the very least, right? And I I have a I have a whole a being having been raised a Muslim, I have a lot of material about my life as a Muslim and the stops and starts and ups and downs and challenges with being a Muslim. And uh, and I was using some of that on stage. I've got about twenty minutes on pork alone, and my <laughs> and my love for it. And I, I I was doing these storytelling shows, and I would talk about how I was first introduced to pork, and then what happened. And I I treat it almost like my my dirty mistress on the side, which is pretty accurate uh, based on the uh, clandestine relationship yeah. I've had with her. Um, <laughs> it is not fair to, you know, yeah. um, and I said, I just started developing it and developing it. And I realized I can easily have an hour show here talking about my father who was, I mean, he was an alcoholic. He was, right. you know, he was, which is, you know, you can't drink or eat pork yeah. in Islam. And this guy was a very heavy drinker and he moved to Saudi Arabia for a couple of years when mm. I was 15 and 16. Where you can't drink at all. Where you can't yeah. drink at all. So there's just this Oof. confusion in my life. And now I have uh, basically where it starts and where it ends is the fact that I have four kids now. Uh, three of whom, one just screams, he doesn't speak yet. But the others <laughs> are asking me questions about Islam that right. I'm not capable of answering at all so, so I frame the show in that context so your father uh, was an alcoholic was which is anti-islam but was he a devout man in any way no he was a, he was an academic and he was an intellectual he was a short story writer he was a poet he was a very creative guy and i think that he was an english teacher yeah. uh, for mm -hmm. as a profession and then his he was very creative in his other pursuits um, writing poetry, translating as well. That made him money, translate a lot of stuff for, uh, from different languages, poetry. Right. Um, that, was, that was what guided him the most. And uh, I guess alcohol served to uh, <laughs> to make him more creative. Yeah, yeah. You know, if we've learned anything from the Edgar Allan Poe's of the world. Mm. There's a there's an old school reference. Huh? Yeah, should appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he wasn't devout at all. I mean, once... Or twice a year, we may, we would go for prayer. There's right. two Muslim holidays, Eid. One is called Small Eid, one is called Big Eid. Yeah. We keep it very, very simple. And uh, one just happened, in fact, after Ramadan, yeah. the, the last day after when Ramadan ends, it's Eid. So mm. we would go for prayer for that. 
And I, we would be driving to this big hockey arena, and my father would be, you remember your prayers? And I'm like, of course I don't remember my prayers. It's been, <laughs> it's been six months. It's been eight months, depending on how, you know? Yeah. It, it, interesting, though, that uh, this show is is about your relationship, I guess, with being a Muslim. But yeah. do, you, do you practice now? Or are you? I don't practice. You know, I've come to terms with the concept of being a cultural Muslim. Right. And I've learned this from my Jewish friends, who are cultural Jews, not practicing Jews. And I... I became very, I was very at odds with that. I was like, oh, how, I can't even, how do I even call myself a Muslim yeah. if I don't do this, this, and this? But I've come to terms with the fact that I do identify as a Muslim. And actually, as an Ali Hassan, you know, after 9-11, whether I wanted to be a Muslim or not, I right. was going to yeah. be a Muslim. So it's kind of like, well, if you can't beat them, you may as well join them. Uh, but also, pepperoni tastes delicious, so you can't join them too much. So then there's this, con- there's this where do you fit in, where do you fit in, and I... This idea of being a cultural Muslim where you identify as a Muslim and you're, that is your group, that is your community who you identify with, but not necessarily being a practitioner, I feel very comfortable in that space right now. But it's hard to, it's hard to impart that to a four-year-old. It's like, how come you eat pork and we don't eat pork? Well, well this is, yeah, this yeah. is the next question. So your children, are they being given an option then to... Uh, make a choice for themselves at a certain point? It's or? almost like in, in other families where it's like if a kid wants a tattoo, it's like you wait till you're 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you can get a tattoo. Mm. And our, in our family, it's like, can I try prosciutto? And I'm like, will you wait till you're 18? <laughs> if you still want to when you're 18, you can do it. But right now, uh, you just let Papa do his thing. Because I was almost like a, I was almost like in the closet about my, my pork eating. <laughs> For the first few years that I, I have two stepdaughters, so they were five right. and seven when I got married. Yeah. So those girls were, they didn't know. Right. And I, we almost had to have like a family meeting to explain that we went to Mexico and it was an all inclusive and there was so much all different inclusive. meat. And I'm like, yeah. I'm telling my wife, I got to tell them. I got to tell them. I can't live like this. I can't live a lie. Yeah. I got to stop eating, pl- you know, pork and telling them it's plantain. And then they go, well, can I have something? No, this is Papa's plantain. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, so I've had to come clean with them, but they're, you know, th- these are realizations I've literally only had in the last five years to a decade right. where I've come, become comfortable with who I am and, and what I'm all about. And I can comfortably explain that to people who are Muslim and explain, well, this is how I practice. This is my interpretation of Islam for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's tougher for kids, you know, where they're being judged for, mm-hmm. do you eat, do you eat, uh, what is it? It's, uh, it was like jelly beans or something, gummy bears. One of Because like, they've got gelatin in them, gelatin. right? Gelatin. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. these three kids were like, one of them was Italian, which is hilarious too, but these two Muslim girls and one Italian girl kind of like cornered my daughter like do you eat gummy bears do you eat gummy bears and Sonia my daughter was like yeah I eat gummy bears that's that's got gelatin that's pork you're haram you're going to hell you're going to hell I'm like all right easy eight-year-old (laughs) you know anything about hell kids always know how to get that exactly so it's it's a little tough to impart this like they could literally not be invited to birthdays because somebody's parent right. would be like, I heard his father's a pork eater. But, I, you know, I have to go, <laughs> wow. what am I going to continue to be in hiding? Uh, These yeah. birthday parties aren't that important. That's what I've come to terms with. Yeah. <laughs> well, what has the audience reaction been to the show? Man, it's been so wonderful. The last show I did in Ottawa, it was a dark box. It's called the Arts Court Theater. Yeah. Completely black. That's the way we decided before the show started. When the lights came on, I saw so many white people uh, that I, I wasn't expecting when I did it in Toronto. It was half uh, South Asian. Most of those South Asians may may have been Muslim, and then a half sort of mix of different uh, communities, white and black right. and Latino. And then in Ottawa, it was about eighty five percent white people, 
And um, the show was about an hour and five, hour and ten maybe, and then I did a 15-minute Q&A. And I just did that on the spot. I, I had that in my mind, maybe I'll do that. But when I saw interest from people who are not Muslims, they don't want to go on a walk down memory lane. or they, mm. you know, The few who were there, they definitely did, and they had a good time. These are all the things that they've wrestled with. But just to have people who were curious and asking questions in this time of rampant Islamophobia, people yeah. are asking, like, how do your parents feel about this? And well, I, was, I was really, really fulfilling on a, on a level that I didn't imagine when I first set out to do this. And because the show is so personal, uh, does it morph and change or is it set kind of now? It's, you know, well, it's a lot of it is set in my past. Right. So that doesn't change. That's that's not, not dynamic, obviously. But... Of the stories I pick and choose, sometimes I'm like, I think here I'll pick this story. I think right. this might work better. But, uh, I, you know, I still have to craft it. For example, what I do in an hour in Just for Laughs will be a, a little bit different what I what I do in Edinburgh. Right. Just because some jokes may not. Mm. Some stuff might be hacky. In Edinburgh, people are like, oh, we've been, we've been listening to Muslims talk about this stuff for 45 years. Right. right? Yeah. So I'm still sort of doing that research and asking friends, is this a tired subject? Is this something people will be interested in? So... We'll see. We'll see how it all goes. That's Ali Hassan. The show is Muslim Interrupted. You can see it at Off JFL in Montreal on the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of July. And you can check out tickets at hahaha.com. Well, that's it. That's all. Get out of here. The air conditioning is mine. You're taking up too much of the cool air. I need it all for myself. It's selfish. But once a year... Every time around this time, when we have this heat wave, I like to sit quietly at the House of Krauss and just let the cool air swirl all around me. But you have to leave now, but be sure to come back next week. Next week, we'll have a whole new set of guests. You never know who's going to swing by. We put a new show up every Monday. Make sure that you're here to hear it.